0: Hello and welcome to the 94 Feet Report. I am your host, as always, Eric Spiropoulos, and you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros. This is episode 8 of Free Talk Friday here on the 94 Feet Report. We are back again after uh, missing our uh, normal um, traditional show on Mondays. Um, if you missed our previous episode of Free Talk Friday, we had Duncan Smith of 16 Wins of Ring and Piston Powered on the show. Um talk a wide variety of topics. Today, we're just going to have a really casual show. I'm not going to stick to any time limits anymore on these shows. Um, I just want to make it flow more naturally. Um, so today, we'll be talking about the All-Star Starters, which were revealed today. I am um, recording this Thursday, January 19th um, at night. And then we're going to talk about uh, Joel Embiid and the process. Um, before we get into that, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros, where you'll find all the information for the podcast and then my other work for uh, The Dream Shake and uh, Hoops Habit. Um, you can check out all of our previous episodes on iTunes or in Stitcher or on our Blog Talk Radio page. Um, and you can check out our sponsors. Fan Essentials, if you use promo code 94FEET in all caps, you'll get 30% off your first subscription, and Daily Fantasy Nerd, um, check them out for some great Daily Fantasy tools. So with that being said, the All-Star starters were revealed today um, on Twitter and then on TNT, of course, um, and there were some controversial selections. Again, to uh, recap, the NBA changed the, the voting method, so in previous years, the fans and only the fans decided the starters, but this year, the fans get 50%, the players get 25%, and the media get 25%. This was done mainly to uh, prevent situations like Zaza Patrulia, who, if the fans decided the uh, starters, Zaza Patrulia would have been a starter this year. He was second in fan voting. So this new structure of voting was to pre- prevent uh, situations like that. However, this new structure has still created some controversy and um, many would say some poor choices, uh, to say the least. Let's start off. I have two uh, issues with the uh, starters, and the first one is the main issue we're going to talk about. And that is the Eastern Conference backcourt. The Eastern Conference backcourt starters is a a travesty, really. Um, So if you missed it, the actual starters are Kyrie uh, Irving and DeMar DeRozan. Um, And I completely disagree with both choices. Um, In my opinion, if I had a ballot for the starters, I would have selected um, Kyle Lowry and probably John Wall, though I would be... Okay, with someone selecting Isaiah Thomas, and I flip flopped on both of them uh, over the past couple of weeks as they both continue to perform, uh, you know, great. Um, so, really, in my opinion, it should be Lowry and one of Thomas or Wall. I probably would have gone Wall um, probably eight times out of ten. The other try would probably go Thomas. Um, but it's, it's Kyrie and DeMar DeRozan, and um, I have a lot of issues with that. First of all, the first issue is that for the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry is the better guard. Over Demar Derozan for the Raptors themselves, um, and then Isaiah Thomas and John Wall are both better than Kyrie Irving and are both having better seasons. I've got all five players: Derozan, Irving, Lowry, Thomas, and Wall. I've got their numbers up on Basketball Reference comparing their seasons. Now we can dive into each, you know, numerical statistic for each player, but um, some key things to point out uh, are that you know Demar Derozan has a one box plus minus. Uh, and Kyrie Irving has a 2.4. Those are, you know, not ironically uh, or not coincidentally, the two lowest box plus minuses of the five guards. Lowry has a 7.4. Thomas has a 5.1. And Wall has a 4.7. Also, Kyrie and DeMar DeRozan also have the uh, fourth and fifth, fifth highest uh, VORP value over replacement player. DeRozan's is 1.1. Kyrie's is 1.4. In comparison to Lowry's 3.6, Thomas 2.3, and Wall 2.4. Uh, win shares, um, DeMar doesn't have the lowest. Actually, the lowest one is Kyrie, with second lowest being John Wall. But 5.6 is 5.6, well short of, of Kyle Lowry's 7.4, and Isaiah Thomas is 6.4. Um, you know, you look at player efficiency rating, and DeMar DeRozan is actually second to Isaiah Thomas, um, though it's really close. Uh, true shooting percentage Lowry is way ahead of the field at 64 Thomas is, is at 61 um, and then the rest of them are around 55 um, you look at the statistics uh, especially the advanced numbers and you know they're pretty it's pretty it's hard to choose right that's you know the Eastern Conference backcourt you know the starters were the most interesting thing going into you know the announcement of the starters because everyone knew the Western Conference for the most part going in was pretty predictable though it was uh uh, shaken up a little bit today. Um, but the Eastern Conference front court was pretty, you know, predictable as well with LeBron, Gianni Sendenokumpo, and Jimmy Butler being uh, selected as starters. But the backcourt was the most interesting one. So again, I would have gone with Kyle Lowry and John Wall, mainly because um, I would have put Wall over Thomas, mainly because he how you know how balanced he is as a player and he, he does it on both ends of the floor um you know thomas is a complete offensive player but a, a, just a terrible defender and of course he's got the limitations of his size um but he has a, he's a really bad defender kyle lowry again is doing it on both ends of the floor um and has been doing so for the past couple of years of his career Kyrie again is is an offensive oriented player no one's going to say he's a good defender at all um and Demars is, is the same thing uh damar is just basically offense uh only and uh no defense really. So, I would have given it to Wall and Lowry because of the two, you know, most complete players, most complete guards in the Eastern Conference in my opinion. And again, you know, they're having great seasons too. Uh Thomas, we know is is like the is the best scorer in the fourth quarter for the Celtics and has just taken over. I mean, he's, I mean, I Thomas is 5-9 averaging almost 29 points a game, six assists per game, um on good shooting, 46% from the field, 38.5 from 3. 91% on free throws. He's having a great season, only 2.4 turnovers, a great season from Thomas. Um, but Wall's having a spectacular season 23 points per game, 10, 10 assists per game, 4.5 rebounds per game on 46% shooting. Again, Kyle Lowry, 22 points per game, seven assists, five rebounds per game on 48% shooting and 44% shooting from three-point land for Kyle Lowry. Spectacular. Kyrie's having a great season, too. I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Kyrie. I am pretty low on Kyrie, and I think he's overrated, um, and hopefully I don't get killed for that hot take. Um, I do think Kyrie is the is the worst guard out of all of these. Uh, no, I, I might put DeRozan after him, but um, Kyrie's season is 23.6 points per game, five Point six assists per game, uh, 3.5 rebounds per game on 46% shooting, including 40% from downtown. And then you go to DeMar, 28 points per game is great, uh, 5.4 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game is pretty good. Um, shooting 47.5% from the field, uh, 24.1% from 3.0, but again, he doesn't take that many, he only takes 1.4 threes a game. Uh, DeMar does, is also shooting 21.5 field goal attempts per game, which is a... Uh, Pretty, you know, decently higher than, you know, the next best guard uh, or next highest guard would be Isaiah Thomas at 19.5. So, um, you know, that's just like a rundown. I mean, I thought that was the most interesting thing that came out of the All-Star starters announcement. um, Besides what we're going to talk to next. But I think that the Eastern Conference backcourt was the most interesting thing going into the announcement of the starters for the All-Star game. And it's still the most interesting thing uh, because people will debate this for a while because there are so many good guards. There are five or six good guards. I didn't even mention Campbell Walker, who's having a really great season for the Hornets, who have a little have been a little bit disappointing. But um, we haven't even mentioned Walker. So you could legitimately say there are six very good guards. And you know what? Walker might actually sneak on as a reserve as well, which means all six of these guards will, might be on the roster, um, you know, which would make it very guard-heavy. But again, it's the roster game. There are really no positions anymore, and it's just about getting the best players who deserve to be in the game in the game you know i think that the whole debate over starting uh versus not starting is is kind of pointless to begin with because they're still going to be on the team and it's all about you know making sure that the all-stars the 12 people who make it are the 12 worthy or the 24 most worthy players in the league um the starting doesn't really make a difference but you know it, it, it is a sign of you know especially with the new structure of voting you know it's transparent we can see which players voted for which players which media voted for which players etc stuff like that so i think the voting change is interesting but again the eastern conference backcourt in my opinion the starters is, is just a travesty travesty and i would have gone with lowry and probably john wall or lowry and isaiah thomas not Kyrie and demar de rosen i think that both Kyrie and demar de rosen should be on the team but they should be making it as a reserves and or wild cards The next interesting thing about the All-Star starters being announced was Steph Curry being um, a starter over Russell Westbrook. Uh, You know, I mean, a lot of people went crazy on Twitter. Obviously, we know Westbrook's having a triple-double, has the Thunder on a solid pace. They're not really exceeding expectations. They're not disappointing. They're kind of right on the pace people expected them to be. Um, But the interesting thing is that initially when this was announced, a lot of people thought that they were going to blame the media and/or fellow players for not voting for Russ, but it actually turned out to be the opposite. The media and the players put Russ at number one for backcourt in the Western Conference, and it was just—it just came down to the fans. Curry had a significant advantage in fan vote, and that's what led—that's that, what broke the tiebreaker between the two and put Curry over Russ. Um, it's funny because even after changing the voting structure, a situation like this, fans can still be blamed for poor choices and poor selections for starters, but. It is what it is. Obviously, we know Westbrook's having a great season. I would have put Westbrook as a starter over Curry, um, but I'm not going to go crazy about this debate. Oh, you know, We know where I think Westbrook's clearly having a better season than Curry, but um, and I'm not going to go crazy over Curry being the starter. Westbrook's still going to be on the team. And the most interesting thing I think about Westbrook in the all-star game is how he's going to interact with Kevin Durant, especially after last night's Warriors-Thunder game, uh, which involved included some serious um Interesting altercations um, and interactions between the two former teammates, um, and even now I mentioned that you know it's transparent to see who voted for who, and it's interesting because the media put Res- Russell Westbrook at number one in the backcourt for the Western Conference over James Harden, which could be a sign for the MVP voting because we do know, as we know, the media does vote for MVP. Um, some of the voters will be different. I heard that there was a selected All Star panel of media members for this the All Star starters um, in comparison to the MVP voting, which kind of um, touches upon all markets of each team, but it is a sign that the media already has Russ ahead of Harden right now. If things play out in the same way, you're looking at a Westbrook MVP in my opinion. And you know, I, I mean, not, not only as a Rockets fan, but just as someone who's appreciating what Harden's doing more than the traditional fan, um, that would be a, that would be a crime in my opinion. But that's for another that's a conversation for another day. Um, so that's what I want to do. Just talk quickly about the All Star starters. Some things, some quick thoughts, and uh, maybe on a our episode for Monday, we will do our All Star reserves, and we might have a guest on the show, and I'll mention that at the end of this episode. Um, so that was just a couple, couple of thoughts that quickly came to my um, mind when the All Star starters were announced, and um, you know, now we're going to talk about um, Joel Embiid and how the process is playing out for the Sixers. All right, so I wrote an article about the Sixers for Hoops Habit um, about a week or so ago, talking about you know, you know, checking in on the process. And uh, boy, over the past two weeks, the process has been has been very good to the Sixers. Um, the Sixers are seven and three in their last ten games. They just had a really good win against the Raptors at home. And a couple of numbers to just highlight how good Joel Embiid has been in his rookie season. The Sixers' defensive rating with Embiid. Is number one in the league. So when Embiid is on the court, when he's been playing, the Sixers have the best defense in the NBA. When Embiid is off the court or not playing, the Sixers have the twenty-fifth best defense in the NBA. That is a huge difference. Embiid for the for the season is a plus sixty-eight and on plus-minus, uh, plus um, which is just incredible if you think about it. Because he's on a fourteen and twenty-six team, he is a plus sixty-eight. Um, it's no secret. The process is in full swing. Um, you know, the Sixers might be able to get Ben Simmons back in the next month or so. That would be a great addition. Listen, they're only six games out of the AC. I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but if they keep playing like this, and I doubt they'll keep up the seven and three kind of pace, but if they can play 500 or even like four and six, uh, that kind of ball, like four hundred forty 40%, uh, 400 ball over the you know next couple of months, they'll at least be competitive for the AC. And, You know, they still got young players. Dario Sarge is starting to improve. They could still trade Noel or Okafor to get a backcourt piece. Um, Obviously, they're going to get Simmons back. Um, Then they're going to have a load of of cap space. You know, maybe with this new kind of this improvement that's being seen, maybe players actually might want to go to Philadelphia, play next to Joel Embiid, play next to Ben Simmons. And, you know, right before our eyes, maybe in a year, maybe two years, we see the Sixers back in the playoffs led by Joel, trust the process, Embiid. Um, just got to point out that Embiid has one. If you're not following Embiid on social media, you're making a mistake. He's probably the funniest athlete on social media I've ever followed. Um, and two, you've got to just check out all the uh, videos of him, you know, making his entrances like uh, Triple H, um, dancing with cheerleaders, celebrating uh, TJ McConnell's game winner. I mean, Embiid is. Really, I think, one of my favorite players in the NBA. I have been on aboard, aboard the Embiid hype train ever since he was drafted. Um, obviously, on this show, you've all heard me uh, talk about my praises for Joel Embiid. Um, he clearly is the rookie of the year. And in fact, with this recent stretch of play from the Sixers, I, I I think Embiid is an all-star reserve, in my opinion. I just gave you the numbers. I mean, the defensive rating with Embiid is number one in the league. When it, when the Sixers don't have Embiid, they're number 25 in defense. Embiid is a plus 68 on a 14 in 2016, which is just remarkable. Um, his numbers are great. He's basically putting up 28, uh, 20 points per game, eight rebounds per game, and two blocks per game, uh, shooting around 38% on three-pointers. He's got great advanced numbers. Um, and Joel is the embodiment of the process. As he said in that Sports Illustrated article a couple months ago, Joel believes he is the, he is the embodiment of the process. And in Joel Embiid's play recently, the process is in full swing for the Sixers and it looks pretty bright um, considering the fact they're not at full health um, and they haven't really done anything to try and be a winning team. They haven't had a free agency when they're trying to be a winning team. This up free agency will be very interesting to see what they do once they get Simmons back healthy and with a full season under, under his legs maybe trade Noel and or Okafor it'll be very interesting to watch the Sixers over the next uh, couple of months to see if they can continue anywhere close to this type of play. Um, but again keep your eye on the process and keep your eye on Joel Embiid and that's going to do it. I mean, as I said, it's going to be a really quick show today. I just wanted to get some uh, content out there, you know, kind of ramble about some, some thoughts I had today. I originally wasn't going to do an episode because I didn't think I was going to have time, but then I realized I would have enough time to record a quick episode. So I jotted down some thoughts and decided to share them with you guys. Uh, in some other miscellaneous news, um, the 94 Feet Report blog will be uh, revitalized in the uh, coming week or so. Um, so remember I had a couple of articles there and you can, it's linked to the podcast. So you'll be able to find some of my personal articles on that personal blog covering the NBA that'll be revitalized over the next couple of weeks. Um, hopefully for our episode on Monday, we will have a guest, um, Chris Axman of the almighty baller podcast network will be on the show. Hopefully and we'll be talking about um, some all-star reserves, um, some awards race updates and stuff like that. Uh, And then of course, follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros. Um, I recently started writing for Hoops Habit. I've written a couple of articles. Um, Some of them were ranking young big men um, about the process, about Greg Monroe, about the Houston Rockets and Eric Gordon, stuff like that. So follow me on Twitter for all my articles on Hoops Habit. And for my articles on The Dream Shake, I had an interview with Chris Broussard that just came out this past week about his new podcast in the NBA MVP race. So check that out. Um, And of course, you can obviously get updates for the show on my Twitter, at Eric Spiros, um, or you can get us on on Facebook, the 94 Feet Report Basketball Podcast. We're both on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and then you can check out the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, um, Blog Talk Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to be there. Uh, and also check out our sponsors, Fan Essentials and Daily Fantasy Nerd. So that'll do it for episode eight of Free Talk Friday here on the 94 Feet Report. We will be back with our traditional segmented show on Monday with Chris Axman um, until then I hope you guys have a great weekend of watching NBA basketball I know I'm looking forward to the Houston Rockets Golden State Warriors game um, on January 20th on ESPN so check that out should be a fun high scoring offensive game but have a great weekend of watching NBA basketball and stay tuned uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Spiros uh, for updates on the show and our episode on Monday have a great weekend enjoy some NBA basketball take care guys